It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, July 12th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that uh, is checking out the competition in the division. Oh, yeah. It's pretty stiff. It is. We're going to get into what the rest of the Metro division has been up to so far this summer, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. Uh, Locked On Flyers is on threads and Instagram at Locked On Flyers as well. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Just a programming note, we're recording this a little bit earlier than normal for a Wednesday show. So any news that happens over the last couple of days, we'll get caught up on our takes on all of that on the Thursday and Friday shows. Uh, In the meantime, we wanted to do a little roundup of the Metro division because I think that while we know the Flyers are in a rebuild right now, it's still important to keep track of what's going on elsewhere and see if the Flyers are going to be able to keep pace in the medium term, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a good measuring stick. It is. Yeah. And especially with, you know, so much change happening with some of the other teams in the division and so many other teams getting stronger in the division. I think uh, it's going to be a a real slog on the schedule this year, uh, playing games against some of these tough teams and just, you know, starting off with who we think has had the best off season so far. I think, you know, we, we have to put a pin in some of it, uh, especially with one of the two teams that I was wavering between. And I couldn't decide who's had a better off season, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes or the New Jersey Devils for my two top choices. Yeah, I'm going to lean toward the Hurricanes just because I, I did feel like they needed to do more. Um, you know, adding Dimitri Orloff was good. Uh, Andy Michael Bunting was great. Yes. That that may be their best signing, honestly. Uh, you know, the goaltending's the same. Re, re-signing Jesper Fast. You know I'm a Jesper Fast guy, so I thought that was smart. Yeah. And now, you know, trying to get Eric Carlson, maybe trading Pesci, bringing in D'Angelo. Like, you know, they're better. If they get those things done, they're definitely better than last year, and they may have solved their offensive problems. Yeah, I think that's been the biggest issue here is that the expectations for Carolina have been so high over the past several seasons, and they just haven't quite gotten there. And it's been... They're pushing that rock up the hill, you know. They are. They are. And I think some of these moves will help potentially get them there. I agree the the Michael Bunting deal was great. Um, Three-year contract, 4.5 AAV. I think that's a real solid contract for both sides on that. And I think if they could get Eric Carlson, I mean, what a coup that would be for them. Yeah. I think that changes the dynamic of the team. Cause I think Brent Burns then can play a little bit more physical. Doesn't have to be as offensive. 
And I think that does change things. Yeah, I think it it does as well. And it kind of really solidifies that battle for the top of the division between the Canes and kind of keeps them there with the New Jersey Devils, in my opinion. I think that um, trading for Tyler to Foley was a really strong Mm-hmm. move on their part. I think he adds a lot to, you know, whosoever he's playing with. And I think that he'll be there to help support the young guys as well. I think having both Hughes in the lineup is going to be deadly for them <laughs> this upcoming season. It will. But they, but they, um, they finally ditched Mackenzie Blackwood um, and they signed Damon Severson. Well, that was a and sign and Eric trade. Kala. That was a sign well, and trade. They, they signed him, but that then he traded him to the Blue Jackets. And then uh, signing Timo Meyer, I think, was a big part of their offseason as well. It was. We didn't see a ton of impact last year. They have to get a lot more impact for this kind of money, like offensively. They just have to. He can't be that all-around guy that's hitting guys and playing good defense. He's actually got a score, too. So uh, a lot of pressure on Timo for the first time in his career. He's going to really have to push through that. We'll see if he can. Yeah, I, I think it is going to be interesting, especially because, again, the Canes did such a good job this offseason. The Devils have had such amazing you know, lottery luck in the draft and have drafted extremely well over the over the past several years. But this year, you know, they didn't have a ton of picks. And so it's not like they're, they got somebody that's going to be an impact player this year in the way that a Jack Hughes um, would have been. And I think that you know, Nico Heischer is coming into his own right now um, and had a tremendous season this past year. And so I just think, you know, these new pieces plus the returnees, like the re-signings, um, I, I do think it's going to be a Canes Devils battle again. Yeah, it very well could be. I mean, Dawson Mercer keeps getting better. You're going to have uh, Luke Hughes there. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to fit in any other defenseman, but that's another thing where they're so deep. They, uh, they could actually do that. So I don't, I don't, I know Hughes will make the roster for sure, but I don't know if um, Nemich is going to make it or not. That's the whole thing. I'm thinking about it, but I don't know. Yeah. That'll be a definite question mark for at camp for them. Um, it'll be kind of borderline. And yeah. do you think they, they send him back or does he, he do AHL time? No, no, they won't send him back. It'll be AHL time. If, and maybe coming up later in the year, like that's what I think Simone Nemich's path is probably going to be. Hughes is making the, the team right out of the gate. That's obvious. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, were there any other teams that you would have considered for having the best off season, or is it really just the Canes in your eyes? Yeah, I think it's really th- those. I mean, I don't think it's, you know, the Rangers were so-so. They didn't have a lot of money to spend. You know, the Capitals were so-so. So, no, I, I, I think it was between these two. Yeah, I think so as well. But there's so much more to discuss some of those other teams uh, who we thought was like the most confusing. Uh, We'll talk about the division as a whole, who's going to be better, who's going to take a step back. And we will do all of that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I look better and feel great wearing Bird Dog shorts and pants. I like their stretchy fabric. It's very, very comfortable. The cloud knit fabric looks like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit. 
Uh, I really do like the um, the knit though, and the anti sweat wicking uh, on both is terrific, and you can wear them for long term. I definitely wear them for driving. Uh, I'll be on a baseball trip later this month. I'll be wearing those in the car for sure and use them when I mow the lawn. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL and enter promo code locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Talking more about what's going on in the rest of the Metro this coming season based on their off season so far, I think uh, looking at the division as a whole, it feels like it's more competitive, but a lot of the rest of the teams that we haven't discussed, maybe just like maintained with what they did. Right. Yeah. I think, well, especially the Islanders, I think if there's a team that maintained it's, it's the Islanders. I, I don't think they did anything to really, help their cause. The Penguins will be a, a wild card because maybe they'll be really fired up with Kyle Dubas and a few of those pickups. Um, that could change. You know, Jari is a favorite of Mike Sullivan. They brought him back in the fold, but he's got to stay healthy. Uh, the Rangers are definitely still really good. I mean, the Rangers, I think, are no worse than third, could be second. Uh, so I think after that, it's the Islanders and Penguins. And then after that, We'll see about the Jackets. I don't know where to place them this year. That one year I thought they'd be in the playoffs. Everything went wrong out of the gate, and they just were were a terrible team first year of Johnny Goudreau. But I expect them to be better this year with all the different changes. So, But are they a playoff team now? Now that's where I have to kind of wonder. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're looking at teams that were a little confusing this summer so far, I would put Columbus and the Rangers in that bucket. I think that... I don't know that I like the Provy deal for them, honestly. I, I just I don't dislike I don't it. I think it helps them. Fantilli's going to help them. Um, yes, that's for sure. I think where they kind of won was on the drafting side of things yeah. and not so much the free agency side. And Yerichek, right. Yerichek, yeah, Yerichek in another, with another year under his belt, if he gets a call up, should look pretty good. If they wait a little while, that's fine too. So it's just hard to read them. It's, it's really hard to read them. Yeah, I think so too. And then on the Rangers side of things, you know, they did get, you know, decently older, signing three 35 and over contracts with Nick Benino, Jonathan Quick uh, as a backup for them, I think is risky. Uh, Blake Wheeler, I think was the best of the three in terms of those older guy signings. But still, it's like, what version of Blake Wheeler are we getting now? Yeah, I mean, you know, he had a fair amount of points last year. He's definitely a veteran. He's a little, he's a lot slower than you'd like him to be. But they got him cheap. So, you know, if he gets 50 points for you, you're you're still happy. So they're hoping he's that version of Blake Wheeler. Yeah. In addition to that, the Rangers signed Eric Gustafson, Riley Nash, and Tyler Pitlick, who we know and love. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that, you know, their draft was fine. They just had limited picks. Gabe Gabe Perot was their most notable name, and he's not going to hit the Rangers this year for sure. So I think. You know, there's not really a big impact there. And that's where I wonder, like, can they break that ceiling of the Devils and Canes? And I think it's possible, but I don't know. It's up to Peter Laviolette, honestly. New coach, you know, they come come out hard out of the gate. If they're all offensive, you know, and they really step on the gas that way, yeah, they could probably put a scare into these teams, top teams and, and, and maintain the top spot in that division. But will they? I don't know. It's a little early. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, Then, you know, the other two 
teams that are sort of maintaining but could be wild cards you don't know the islanders and the penguins and you mentioned with the the penguins they did resign tristan jari i think it's a risky deal five years at 5.375 million um i think given jari's injury history and his inconsistency playing like to be but we said that honest. you know at times that was said about matt murray and he ended up winning two cups so maybe if he does put it all together he is going to do that. I loved him coming out of the draft, but injuries sure. have certainly changed how I feel about him. But he is still talented, so you, you never know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to doubt Kyle Dubas and his yeah. ability to put a team together. Um, I think some of the other moves were were pretty solid. Um, I like their trading for Riley Smith from Vegas. Yeah, I mean, Smith um, is a great penalty killer, and he's fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love that. Love the Lars Eller two-year, uh, 2.45. I think that's exactly yep. what you sign Lars Eller for, and he's going to contribute Good veteran that will contribute in, in all facets, yeah. yeah. And uh, Ryan Graves as well. Uh, that one's a little a questionable as far as the, the term, but yeah, he'll right. help. He's a really good defender. He'll block shots, but the term, I don't love on that. Yeah, I think with that deal, in my opinion, they were really looking to solidify the defense, especially because of Tristan Jari's injury history. And right. you you want to shore up that blue line and you still have a limited time left with your Crosby Malkin era. And so right. if you have to pay Ryan Graves a little bit more for a few more years in order to still have that window for the next two years, I think you do it, right? Yeah, I don't know. You're adding duct tape to, you know, <laughs> to a boat that's that's taken on water so i don't know yeah i mean i don't know that's that's why I, where i take it is that they're doing everything they can to make crosby and malkin happy because if kyle dubas had his choice he'd be rebuilding now yeah but he doesn't have his oh, choice right now he does not he he does not at all uh and i think that's going to be frustrating for him because he's like a, a bill from scratch kind of guy yes. right and oh, coming yeah. in midstream is very difficult for him yeah so that'll he'll have to play that game for a couple of years at least. Yeah, and then you know your take on the Islanders, of course, you know no brainer to get Varlamov and, and Sorokin. Um, and so Although the term set. on Varlamov's long for an older goalie, but yeah, I agree. I mean, they I don't think they had a choice there. No, probably not. If they wanted to keep him, um, and then you know I think trading Josh Bailey to clear the cap space that was so smart. that they. That was really smart, so they can sign Engvall and Scott Mayfield. Engvall um, contract is not smart. It's no, not. but they but they had to clear the cap space to do it. I know, and but they, that's a bad did that. Yeah, that those so the part A of the of the work was good in terms of getting rid of the Josh Bailey contract. Right. It was like I I mean they're you know Engvall and Mayfield they're not huge impact guys, but important. No, but you know what it's like. It's like oh look, yeah. I just saved $700 um, on buying this car. Now I just bought Bitcoin with it. You know what I mean? Like that's well, what they did. It could be. It could be. <laughs> and I like Envol as a player, but not for that many. Yeah. Years. No, I know. I know. That that was kind of a weird deal. But, you know, as we know, Lou sometimes comes in hot late and will make some additional moves. This was like autopilot, Lou, though. Yeah. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like later in the summer, or yeah. like after we have this conversation, maybe some additional oh, for that hockey happen. trade that he was talking about. You know how hard those are going to be to make now. I know. I, I know. 
Good luck with yeah, that. Yeah. I like, you know, they were never seriously in on Debrinket. I mean, no. let's be honest. No, where, so. where are they going to fit them? Like, no, there was just no place for him there. No. So I think uh, that whole thing. And, you know, obviously the Islanders, because of the deals they've been making and trying to win now, they just had no, like, not really any consequential draft picks in, in this draft. So I think that's, I, I think. Uh, that's going to start to bite them in the next few years, that they're just not going to have a full prospect pool to work with. No, but I still, I like the Danny Nelson pick. I actually think uh, he will be like their next Brock Nelson type. Uh, He might Mm -hmm. not be as offensive as Brock Nelson, but Nelson wasn't even as offensive as he turned into, but he does a lot of things that Nelson does. So that's a good pick for them. Yeah. Uh, Finishing up the division with the Washington Capitals again, uh, you know, you always think like, is this the year that they're finally going to do that bigger downturn? I think they did this past year, but are are they going to tread water here or is it going to get worse? And they were they were doing everything they could to try and not get worse. Um, You know, picking up Joel Edmondson from the Habs, I I think is a fill in. It helps a bit. Um, The biggest thing that helped is that Mira Shashenko came over. Uh, he's an exciting player, and I think that could really help them offensively. Uh, Rasmus Sandin could get 55, 60 points this year, uh, you know, especially if John Carlson has taken a step back or he gets hurt again and Sandin's the main power play guy. Watch out. I mean, that's that's an untapped talent that really the, the Leafs didn't get full use out of because of Morgan Riley and the, kind of the way they played. You saw, I mean, Sandin had a heck of a year for the Caps last he year. He did. He really did. Um, And I think, you know, in combination with their draft, I think they're really setting themselves up well for the future. Um, You know, obviously we may be a little biased here, but they picked Ryan Leonard and Andrew Cristal. That's uh, a grand slam in my book. I know. I know. And then they got Cam Allen further down in the draft as well, who, Yeah. yeah. And we talked about a lot. And so, you have to be super impressed with the draft that they had. And, and it feels like whenever the OV period is over and, and some of the other guys are gone as well. Listen, know, Ross Mahoney's Tom- always done a good job there. Uh, I chat with him once in a while. He's a super bright guy. And if you go back and look at their drafting and development, it's always been good. Yeah, it's it's real solid. So I don't think like there's going to be a break with this team. I think this little dip is about as low as it's going to get. Yeah. And then they'll climb back up again. Yeah, I think right? the Miroshenko thing is a key. If he's really ready for the NHL, he could spark, you know, Kuznetsov. He could help do all that because they haven't been able to get rid of Kuznetsov. So, yeah. So it's going to be a tough division overall. I think yep. that the Flyers are going to have a very difficult time getting wins. And we know, again, it's year one of this rebuild. So wins may not be a high expectation for the team, but it certainly is for John Tortorella. And it certainly is good for guys to get some experience winning. And this division is going to make it very difficult to do so. And watch Macklin Celebrini just in case. Yeah. So at any rate, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough Metro division again this year, uh, and we'll continue to keep an eye on any additional moves made around the division. If the Canes uh, manage to to get Eric Carlson, oof, watch out. Oh, yeah. All right. We are going to get to some of your mailbag questions coming up next. 
Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and then get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in any game. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So we've got a, a few really good questions from our listener mailbag here to wrap up today's show. Uh, Shannon Sanford sent in another really good question. Uh, are there any issues with going over the cap and then becoming compliant by putting Ellis on LTIR once the season starts? Well, they're not going to be in, in that position. Uh, they will save money um, when that happens with Ellis. And you can go 10% over on the summer cap, but but it's insignificant. They're, there's, they're not going to be in any trouble. No, and I think they'll be able to with some of the younger guys. They'll be able to juggle what they need to, like they did yeah. this past season, yeah. to get cap compliant and then do the transactions uh, yes. in order to get the lineup that they want to ice. Um, I- I'm very interested to see if they have a 23-man roster this season, or is it going to be 21 or 22? No, like it should done. be 23. If they, if they do the 21-22 business, that's not going to be good. They need like, to... Just to- try and bank cap space. I don't think they're going to have to play this game as much as they did this past season with cap space, right? Yeah. Uh, Another uh, YouTube comment from GLA Framb. Um, Apologies, I don't know how to read that out. But um, looking to compare kind of the Montreal picks versus the Flyers picks. So do you prefer Cam York and Matt Vay-Mitchkoff or Cole Caulfield and David Reinbacker? Good question. I'm still going to lean towards Cole Caulfield and Reinbacher. Not by a lot, but I think just by a hair. Yeah, it's hard to say because I feel like based on what we know now, I think you're right, Russ. But I just think the potential is so much bigger for it to swing the other way. It's possible. It is possible. No question about it. But right now, that's just the way I feel. Yeah, I think definitely a to be determined, but I'm I'm going to stick with the Flyers okay. choices for now because uh, I I have to. I just have to cuz it's <laughs> I I want to trust their draft picks here. Okay. All right, our friend Andrew Frosset comes back with another good question. Uh, was there anything noticeably different from how development camp was run or organized this year compared to the past? I mean, I saw I saw a lot more personnel, so you hope that that because of that they got more um more individual training that way. Uh, I did see a couple new wrinkles, you know, a couple different new drills. I don't know anything else. Nobody's really talked about anything else of, you know, that maybe was new that they uh, instituted, but I just feel like the feeling was a little better. So I think overall it was better. Yeah, I I think so too. I think that, like I said, uh, when we reviewed it, um, I think that, just the tone felt better. I think the energy mm-hmm. felt better. I think the positivity was there. 
I think that it wasn't, it didn't feel like there was a ton of pressure on the kids. It just felt like a really genuine learning environment. Um, and there was expectations. To- well, there's no expectations now. So they definitely took the pressure yeah. off for sure. Right. I just, it felt like even from people observing them outside of the camp experience, you know, that the players were experiencing, I think people weren't looking for too much out of these guys. There was like a real sense of realism when looking at what these guys were doing at camp and just understanding where we are and saying, yeah, you know, some of these guys have a long way to go, but they can get there. Like we see what's what they're trying to do here. Um, And that's, I think the biggest difference to me, it was like last year kind of felt like this pressure cooker of, you know, some of the younger guys just have to take giant leaps forward this year in order to make this aggressive retool thing that Chuck Fletcher was doing happen. And, and we were looking for every little nook and cranny of performance at dev camp of like, are they going to be able to accomplish this? But this year it just felt like more like a pure development camp to me. Yeah. I think that's accurate. I agree with that. Yeah, so I think it was a positive step for sure. Um, Jeff via email asks another good question. Um, when does the Briere era switch from clearing the decks from the Chuck Fletcher time and making the team his own, or has that started already? No, it started already. I mean, just because they're in a the rebuild doesn't mean you still don't sort of look at all those things and start, you know, thinking, are they doing a good job fixing that? Because that's still plan number one is to fix that stuff and to improve on it. So I think that's begun. I don't think it's been perfect. Uh, You know, some of the deals have been okay, but some of the things are just necessary. So it's kind of like, you know, you cleared out some of the floodwaters. Now you hope that, you know, you don't have major damage in the basement. I know it's like my third analogy today, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's sort of like incremental. Yeah, I think so. Um, and yeah, I think the Flyers are, are a little bit into the Breer era, but um, I think what they've done so far this offseason that um, they've done a lot of the work in terms of the cap situation in yeah. order to set themselves up as best as possible. Some things they weren't able to do in terms of getting rid of some additional cap space as of yet, but we'll see. The summer is not over yet. Um, but I, I think that at least Danny Breer is headed in the right direction there. And um, yeah, there's a lot more work to do, but I would say, you know, we're kind of one third in Breer's era and two thirds still um, dealing with what Chuck Fletcher did right now. Yeah. I just hope that Danny kind of, when he goes to the beach, uses some sunscreen, he's really white. (laughs) So I just, I don't want to see him get too sunburned. He is. Okay. Well, you know, maybe he's going to, you know, the, the cabin somewhere maybe as well and it won't be the or he'll have an umbrella you know he'll sit under an umbrella maybe yeah we'll see but obviously more to come uh, and uh keeping track of the division keeping track of the flyers this summer uh tomorrow we are going to talk more about what we just talked about a little bit uh looking at where the flyers organization was a year ago versus where they are now and what the progress is and, and what we need to do to keep it going moving forward yeah it would be great as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you want your mailbag question answered on the show, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers, email us at lockdownflyers at gmail, or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R M I R I A M. 
I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.